You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting The Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. We have a great story to share with you today. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to talk about Operation Barnabas. We've talked about it a little bit before, but today we have some really good personal stories to share and how your congregation can also become involved in Operation Barnabas. Joining us today, Jill Chandler. She's a member of St. Mark's Lutheran Church in Eureka, Missouri, and also the leader of Operation Barnabas at our congregation. And I say con- our congregation because that's also my congregation too. Jill, welcome to the Coffee Hour. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. And alongside Jill in studio, Lee Hinton, becoming a regular here in the Coffee Hour <laughs> for LCMS Ministry, the Armed Forces in Operation Barnabas. Lee, welcome back to the Coffee Hour. Thank you. It's great to be back. We should just like have a seat reserved for Lee. Yeah, here in I'm, the I'm studio. thinking like, a, a series starting with yes, Lee this that, year. Yeah, ooh, that's <laughs> oh, a fun idea. Hey, there that we might go. be a great idea. <laughs> so, Operation Barnabas is a, a a wonderful way to serve those who serve and care for us, who serve mm-hmm. and protect us. Operation Barnabas has been Lee. How long has Operation Barnabas going on? Been going? It was started in 2007. Okay, okay. so for for a good little while now. Yes. So let's start with your story, Jill. Why is caring for our servicemen and servicewomen and and their families important to you? I'm glad you said families too, Andy. My father was in the World War II from the day it started to the day it ended. Wow. And he got lots of commendations. He is what most people would call a hero, a true American hero, because we're talking about Purple Hearts and bronze clusters and silver stars. He did not view himself as a hero. He viewed himself as just a regular guy who came to the call to serve our country, to serve God through serving our country, and to keep us free. That's simple as it was for him. So it was always very, very tender to my heart, the military. I watched him struggle with PTSD. He never talked about it. They didn't even have a name for it then, Mm -hmm. but we know now what it was, a nightmare that he had every single night Mm. for probably 50 years that I didn't even know about until he was probably 74, 75 years old. So, you know, it's always been near and dear to my heart. My brother was a military, in the military life career, and I actually got started with Operation Barnabas, and that was around about way to do it when my grandson enlisted in the Navy. And that was, let's see, four years ago, Mm. almost five years ago. So that's that's what the impetus was, but that's the background for me. What are some of the unique challenges that military families face on a day-to-day basis. I mean, you grew up in a military family. Lots of your family members are are military members. What are some of those things that military families face that other people may not? Well, I can recall my father saying to me, "It what we went through in the war, and he was from the day it started to the day it ended and never got to come home. So for four years, he was deployed, so to speak. And he said, what we had to do was hellish. It was just that bad for my family. Hmm. They couldn't, they wrote as often as they could. Sometimes I got their letters, sometimes not. But every single day, they were just worried and wringing their hands about me and not knowing. It was horrible. And then when they would get notification that I was injured, it was worse. 
We can fast forward that to when my brother was uh, sent to Vietnam. And I can recall my mother watching the news. She would literally sit on the floor in front of the TV and wring her hands. And I, I guess in our innocence, we thought maybe we would see him. But it was, you know, it's it's stressful, especially in times of war and deployment. But even not so, even when, you know, my dad used to say, just because you're not deployed in a war just because you're not shooting a gun it doesn't mean you're not serving everybody who's in the military is making a sacrifice they're they're giving up whatever their hitch he called it is two years four years of their life even if they you know if they choose to make it a career then they can have their families with them but they're away from their families and their families miss them and need them Andy, we have a member at St. Mark's who's been an active Air Force Reserve. He has a great career in his civilian life, but when he's deployed, he doesn't get that salary that he makes at home. His family is doing without him. He's got young children. His wife's doing without that support, and it affects them emotionally affects them financially. So there are lots of ways that we can encourage them and support them. And I'm not just talking about throwing money at it. Mm -hmm. I personally feel like the most we can do, and quite frankly, it just bothers me a great deal when people say, well, all we can do is pray. And they say it that way. Like, And I think, no, the most you can do is pray. So I feel like a huge and the most important part of our ministry, at least at St. Mark's, is praying for not only our active military members and the veterans that we are aware of, but their families. Families, as you've demonstrated here, families sacrifice a lot, too. They yeah. do. That when when they're missing, obviously, their loved ones when they're deployed, or uh, I didn't even think about the income too, you know, mm-hmm. when deployed, how much of a difference that makes and how much of a sacrifice that th- their family has to experience in order to uh, to serve their country. Wow. Indeed. And, and now we hear there's a, a lot more attention and a lot more press about PTSD. Mm-hmm. That is a horrible nightmare for the veterans to live with. But make no mistake, it takes a toll on your family life. I mean, even all so many years ago with my dad, we knew better than to touch him when he was sleeping. Mm. Not that we were afraid he was going to hurt us, but it was so startling. And it triggered, if you will, some situation with that PTSD that we just didn't do that. You know, we wanted to protect him from that. And now you, what you hear are the horror stories about men who can be startled awake and wake up swinging mm-hmm. and maybe hurt someone. You know, there's, there's a lot that goes into that that just us average folks don't know about. But those families live with it every day. And again, to, to even get help, um, Veterans Affairs has come a long way. Oh, boy, it, they've got a long way to go. Mm-hmm. The need is great. What are some of the the needs that uh, Operation Barnabas is meeting for these servicemen and their families, too? Well, I I can't speak on a larger level because, you know, Senate is 
in charge of that, and Lee can address that. But the things that we try to do in our congregation through our operation, we call it the Operation Barnabas Team, is first of all support them in prayer and let them know that. So we try to stay in touch with those especially active military through just notes of support. You know, this this is not a ministry that is going to take up 20 hours out of your week. It's a small it's a small effort on our part compared to a lot of the efforts that are made. You know, we have a rescue team out in Eureka that uh, goes in and cleans out houses that have been flooded. Yeah, there's a lot of big need like that. We're nothing like that. We're, we're, we're supporters, you know, and, and encouragers. Barnabas in the Bible was, Paul called him the great encourager. And so that that's our mission is to encourage. We don't know a lot of the needs. They aren't told to us, not like Lee probably hears them. But for example, uh, when we first started, we would send a box uh, a Christmas goodie box, which was very fun. The congregation got behind that, and they would we would tell them what we could accept because that's real restricted. Mm-hmm. But uh, they would donate, and we would pack boxes and send those, and that was a fun thing to do. And then, uh-oh, here comes the pandemic. No boxes. And everybody was disappointed that they couldn't send a box, so we had to get creative. So we... Um, did a collection and we send gift cards. We kind of canvassed the families and some of the military and they said, you know, an Amazon gift card or even a Discover card would be great for those who are deployed. They can use them anywhere in the world. They can get what they need. And a couple of the guys just send them back home to their wives. They could buy Christmas presents with them or maybe go out and do something fun with the kids. So, you know, it was fun to find out that those things made a difference in their lives. So the last few years, that's what we've done. We we collect Christian Christmas cards and, and Veterans Day cards. So, you know, a, a really sweet thing that happened at our church was one of the teachers. The, the Lord moved her heart to have the kids color pictures of soldiers and write low notes to the, and they didn't know who they were sending them to, but it was so, I read every single one of them so sweet. They would say, dear soldier, thank you for your service. Thank you for keeping me safe and free. Um, I love you. And then it was signed Susie from St. Mark's Church in Eureka. And then I would find out months later what the impact that had. I would include that in there, a 4th of July card, for example, or maybe their veterans card. One of the guys received about four of those notes, and he put them on his Christmas tree in his barracks. They had a Charlie Brown Christmas tree, and all the guys thought that was the greatest thing. That's an outreach. You may not think about it, but you know, we didn't affect just one life there. We affected all the guys that were that were in his barracks in his unit and his family knew. So there was an impact with just that little gesture. Those kinds of things. Hmm. I want to learn a little bit more about how how you communicate the needs within your congregation and how you go about just creating awareness in your congregation about the needs for Operation Barnabas as well. We'll do that in just a moment as we continue our conversation right here on the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. 
At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Today we're learning about the very personal story of Operation Barnabas right here in our own neighborhood at St. Mark's Lutheran Church in Eureka. Our guest today, Jill Tendler, and alongside her, Lee Hinton from LCMS Ministry to the Armed Forces in Operation Barnabas. Jill, you were sharing with us how um, Operation Barnabas has a place in your heart because of your family's background in the military and what that means for you and your congregation and and gathering together, gathering arms with with members of your congregation to support those who are serving and and protecting our country through cards and, you know, gifts, sending encouragement to those who are serving and and also praying for them as well and encouraging your congregation to pray for them as well. How do you go about communicating the needs to your congregation? You mentioned your your small but, you know, effective team that, that that does the work of Operation Barnabas in our congregation. How do you go about communicating to the congregation? I know you make announcements, but we also have a board with the list. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, we do have a board with picture of our active military, kind of like a little honor board that people can... And I see people stopping and looking at that. I have a Folgers coffee can that I took (laughs) apart one of the flyers from from Synod, the Operation Barnabas Flyer, and and created a Barnabas bucket. So I have a flag poked in it where people can make donations, just free will offerings as the as the spirit moves them. And then I try to keep that front and center. Sometimes I have to hunt it down, but I try to get it back out there. So you know we do what we can to keep to keep those thoughts active in people's minds. You know to uh, it just takes one person with a little spark for a, a cause that's close to their heart to get things rolling. And I did that at St. Mark's by sharing when I when I decided that this was the way for us to go to serve military. I did it by sharing my dad's Bible because when he was uh, enlisted in the war effort, his church gave him a Bible, a little pocket Bible with a zipper that he carried in his um, uniform right over his heart. And so he was grievously injured twice. And the last time that he was injured so badly, he was in the hospital and an orderly came up to him and and handed him this mutilated booklet, look like, and he said, ask him, is your name Merritt Hensley? And he said, yes. And he said, I think you're going to want this back. It saved your life. Hmm. And it was my dad's Bible that his little church had given him. And in it was embedded a triangular piece of shrapnel hmm. that was large enough to kill him, to go straight into his heart. The point of the shrapnel was headed right toward his heart, and the and the Bible stopped it. And he said, I, I think this probably saved your life. And Daddy looked at that book and said, in more ways than you'll ever know. Hmm. 
and that did it. Once I shared on our overhead screen a great big picture of that mutilated Bible and told them Daddy's story, now I'm going to cry. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, it can't help but move your heart. Mm-hmm. And and he kept it all those years so that here we are, so many years later, almost 80 years later. Wow, yeah. We have that Bible. Mm-hmm. And I gave it to my grandson when he graduated from boot camp and told him the story of that Bible. And I said, anytime you're bored or are scared spitless, pull this out. And take a look, you know. And, and so we can fast forward that to just this past Veterans Day at St. Mark's, where I try to speak to the congregation on Veterans Day just to keep our name and my face, my nagging face in front of them. <laughs> because I, I'll say to the congregation, I'm here to beg for Barnabas bucks, and I'm not too proud to beg. <laughs> so, so this year we decided that we would send all of our active members, military members, a pocket Bible with Mm -hmm. a zipper. And we would inscribe it from the military ministry Operation Barnabas at St. Mark's Church. And that way, they would have that Bible for the rest of their lives. And it would be a connection to our church, not only during their military service, but also Forever. I mean, I could so see a guy pulling that out for his Saturday morning Bible study, you know, that was handy. And so that's our goal. And we even enlisted our active military uh, member of Barnabas. He has a son who's in our school, and he will stand at the door with his dad's camo shirt, the sleeves rolled up, and his dad's hat. And people who put their money in his head. I call him my secret weapon because we we can get the Barnabas bucks with him helping us. What an amazing story of your dad and just the impact that that makes on other other people to see the need and to see the, the amazing difference that that can make to support our servicemen and women, especially with things like prayer and Bibles, uh, just reminding them of, of who they are in Christ as well. That's really incredible. Lee, how do these, these things make a difference? How do you see them making a difference for servicemen and women? These these small or big acts of, of kindness and generosity, how do you see that making a difference for, for families? I think it all comes down to the feeling of connectedness. In the military, you know, me as a former military member, you have that, that connectedness with your community, but once you leave the military, then that kind of goes away. I know there's a survey that they do every year. It's called the uh, Blue Star Families Military Lifestyle Survey. And just from the last one, they said that only 33% of military individuals feel connected to their local community. Wow. So that that was a eye-opening statistic for me. So I think Operation Barnabas is a way to show that we appreciate their sacrifices. We honor their service and we're there to help them through the good times, through the bad times. Jill shared some examples of the way that St. Mark's has supported the military and their families as well. Prayer certainly and encouragement through cards and letters and gifts, things like that. What are some other examples from congregations, those who, who've been working with Operation Barnabas to care for our military and their families? 
Yeah, I think Jill gave a lot of beautiful examples. Although Ministry to Armed Forces oversees this program, we leave it up to the individual congregations because they know best what the needs of the veterans in their local community are. But I have congregations that do a honor wall where they recognize the veterans in their congregation. They have a a wall dedicated to their photos and service dates. I have one congregation that we always hear the sad statistic that 22 veterans take their lives a day. I have one congregation that on the 22nd of every month they hold a dinner for their veterans. Wow. I have a congregation that is part of the Wreaths Across America program, Mm -hmm. and they honor the veterans that are buried in the cemeteries on that day. Um, And I have congregations that just do a lot of amazing things, packing packages for for our deployed members, getting them on our ministry by mail program where they get the portals of prayer every quarter. It's just amazing to see the stories that come from each and every congregation that's part of this program. So how does a congregation become a part of Operation Barnabas? How can they start doing some of these things? It is so simple. (laughs) Like Jill says, you just need that one person with that spark. But they can contact Ministry to the Armed Forces at uh, area code 314-996-1337 and just let us know that they're interested. I will send them information on the program that they could look over, pray over, and decide if they would like to start an organization. I have a manual that explains how to set up a Operation Barnabas congregation. Um, If they would like, if that doesn't answer all their questions, we can get one of the Ministry to Armed Forces members out to them and give them a personal presentation on it. But just open communication with us, and we will hold your hand and, and get you into the program. Jill, how long have you been part of Operation Barnabas? I think it's about five years, going Mm -hmm. on five years. We just reminded me of something when you ask about the families. There is a booklet, a prayer booklet for the family Mm -hmm. that Synod provides, that uh, our military ministry does, that I just sent out to a mother whose son had enlisted and was leaving for boot camp. And I got feedback that she accepted it with tears. She was so happy to have that, and it was so helpful to her. So there's support through Barnabas and the military ministry here at Synod that the congregations can get and that then can be made available to these individuals, or we could keep a supply of them in our churches. It's it's a big deal. For a, someone who may have a passion for this, maybe trying to decide, do they have the gifts, the time for it? How hard has it been? How hard has it been for you to take that passion and put it into acts like this, and to organize Operation Barnabas in our congregation? It has not been hard at all. I had no idea where to start, and because our pastor at St. Mark's is a techie guy, an <laughs> IT wizard. I said to him, I don't know how to get this started. I don't know what to do, but I want to do something. Well, he said, and he fired up his computer, and before you knew it, he went to LCMS, and he found Operation Barnabas. And that's how we we got started. I was, quite frankly, dismayed that there aren't more, more members of the Barnabas ministry, 
and more people who and the few that we had in St. Louis were not very forthcoming. So I will risk putting myself out there and saying, I will help you because it is not hard and it's not a big deal. The ministry is not time consuming and it's amazing. Who doesn't love veterans? Who doesn't really want to support them even if it's um, going up to one you see in in McDonald's and thanking them for their service. So any small thing we can do, I think your congregation will get, ours certainly did, will get right on board with you. So it's not a difficult thing. Synod is so helpful, Lee, with all of the materials. I mean, there's even a little, a little medallion you can put on your dog tag that identifies you as Lutheran. I wish I had a dog tag. <laughs> so, so I, it's not hard. It's pretty simple. It just, it just takes somebody who's not afraid to speak in front of their congregation, and really none of us should be. They're all brother and sisters. They're all supportive. <laughs> so, just get up there and tell them about it, and it'll get going. Very good. Lee, what's that, the, the way to find out about Operation Barnabas? Again, you gave us a phone number. Can we do that again? Yes. It's area code 314-996-1337. Well, thank you both for sharing your stories, for being on the Coffee Hour and being our guest today. Jill Chandler, thank you so much for being our guest. Oh, thanks for having me. <laughs> and Lee Hinton, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. You've been listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere.